This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five and then you may be seated. Well, for the, th the uh, third time in the church's history, we're walking through the book of 1 John, and the reason is because the modern apostates and heretics hate 1 John and the book of James, so it just seemed good to go back through 1 John. You know, whatever, whatever the haters hate, there must be a reason, and we need to look at it and see why. Appreciate everybody online that, are, that is joining with us today. Click share so we can get the message out. Now, let's review a couple of things. Go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. These modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do. But the apostle John wrote in 1 John 2, 3 to 5, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. So it's all about the doing. First, it's about the believing. But once we come to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, once we come to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, well, then it becomes all about the doing. These modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do. But the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 2, verse 17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. These modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do, but the Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, everyone who does what is right has been born of him. These modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do, but the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3, 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So it's about what we do. It's absolutely about what we do. Amen. Even in believing God, it's about what we do. Do we believe the good report or do we believe the evil report? Do we confess what the Word of God says or do we confess our fears? Do we voice the Word of God about our situation or do we voice our complaints and our criticisms about our lives and about the way we're being treated by God? These modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do, but the apostle John wrote in 1 John 3, 21 to 24, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us, those who obey his commands, those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now I want to go back. We glossed over verses 21 and 22 last Sunday. And I would dare say these are some of the most important words in the Bible. And the reason I say that is because a few years ago, the Holy Spirit of God exhorted me to add these verses 
in my daily prayer time. And probably, well, I have a list of what I go through most mornings. And in that list, some I spend more time on than others. I guess you would say uh, I have like five major things and the other things are lesser. And when I say I don't pray about money, I don't pray about money, but I believe money in. So for example, I work on believing in a hundredfold return on different things one at a time. And most of this is for the church. And uh, so I just thank God the money's coming. And when we get a hundredfold return, when the money comes in to equal a hundred times what I'm believing God for a hundredfold return on, well, then I cross that off the list and I go on to the next one. And he encouraged me to add these words on those major points. Dear friends, verse 21, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now, this is what's fascinating. I mentioned, I think it was last Sunday, that back in the 70s, David Wilkerson wrote a little booklet. It's what we used to call a radio booklet you know, a little small booklet that they would send to partners and people that responded. And uh, it was called The Commandments of Jesus Christ. And, and I, would, I mentioned, man, you just can't believe that hell that stirred up. And of course, the world doesn't care what we're doing. So it was in the church world that there was a great big blowback reaction. Well, it's fascinating because one of our ushers, uh, got a copy of that off eBay or somewhere. It's actually called The Commandments and Promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he gets this booklet and he reports to me this week. He said, Pastor, what you said happened as a reaction to this booklet's crazy because he said, all it is, is a, it's just a list of scriptures. It's a list of scriptures that Jesus uttered that have commandments and a list of scriptures that Jesus uttered that give promises. All right. So you have this mindset. You have this thinking. And I'm not sure which came first. You know, was it in the church first and now it's in the world? Or was it in the world first and now it's in the church? I think it was Wednesday night. I, I, I told the difference between Equality and equity. Equality is when you have a race, let's say in high school, and you have a black kid and a white kid and a Hispanic kid and an Oriental kid and a Malay kid, and they're all at the same line, and it's the exact same distance, and the gun goes off, and they have the exact same track, the exact same conditions, that's equality. And we see who wins. Equity is they all get a first prize. They all get a trophy. And you know that's just not realistic. Now, you can be brainwashed in this, but when you go get a J-O-B in the real world, it just doesn't work like that. The guy who shows up late does not get the same result as the guy who shows up early. The guy who works all day doesn't get the same result as the guy who takes a three-hour martini lunch break. The guy who saves money does not get the re same result as the guy who does not save money. The guy who cheats on his wife does not get the same result as the guy who does not cheat on his wife. So they're just making this stuff up out of their heads. But it has nothing to do with the real world. And that's why Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and others, they, they talk about a, a guaranteed income. In other words, so that it doesn't matter what you do, what you don't do, uh, you get so much money. And there are countries doing this. You know, it'd be worth your time to go online on YouTube and watch the documentary, Vancouver is Dying. Vancouver is Dying. And what's going on there is going on in every major city in America. And what it is, it is basically do-gooder politicians killing people with human mercy. 
And all these social programs, I can't even go into all of them. It's crazy. Crazy. I mean, for example, when they started handing out needles in San Francisco and having safe places for drug use, did the, the addiction rate go down or did it go up? It goes up. But see, these are all these do-gooder uh, social programs. Well, now that's in the church. That it doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter whether you live right. There's no such thing as sin. Uh, you don't ever have to ask God's forgiveness. Uh, it's, it's, it's just all nonsense. It does matter what you do. Amen. It does matter whether you go to work tomorrow. Amen. It does matter whether you save money. It does matter whether you're faithful to your husband. It does matter whether you're faithful to your wife. And let me tell you something else, and I know some of you disagree with me on this, but it does matter whether or not you biblically discipline those children and whether you regulate their fellowship or not. We're going to get into this toward the end of the message this morning. But he says here in chapter 3, these are some of the most important words in the Bible where the Apostle John says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us. See, if you go to God in prayer and your heart's condemning you, when you go to God in prayer, well, how are you going to receive from God? Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. That's what I want. That's where I've sought to live my life is a life of confidence in the presence of God and receive from him anything we ask. How much? I said, how much? I said, how much? And receive from him anything we ask. Why? Well, because, you know, he's all squishy and he doesn't pay attention to our lifestyle. And, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we don't do. Is that what it says? No, No, it says because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now, somebody might say, oh, Pastor Gene, you're old school. And that's why, you know, this church isn't bigger than it is. Look. Frankly, I'm just doing my job. Now, would I like to be more successful? Sure. But I'm not going to betray the Bible to have more people. I'm just not going to do it. Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Say it out loud. Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Say it again. Because we obey his commands... And do what pleases him. Say it again, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now, now those of you that live in the real world, I'm talking about people who don't work for the government. Those of you who live in the real world, if you displease your boss 24-7, are you more likely or less likely to get a raise? You're less likely. And if you're a blessing to your boss and you try and take the load off of his or her shoulders to whatever extent you can, are you more likely or less likely to get a raise? You're more likely. Well, this is the way the world works. And why do we think that because we're talking about God, it, it doesn't apply? Actually, it applies more because your boss is imperfect. Your boss is a human being. Your boss can be conned. Anybody, anybody ever been appalled at how a boss of yours got totally snookered by some slimy employee? I got my hand up. I got my, come on now. I mean, so your, your boss is a human being. They can get snookered. God cannot be snookered. Because, say it again. Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Say it again, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now look, I I am totally aware. I get it. I do. I get it. That's one reason why Faith Christian Center isn't bigger than it is. I I do. I understand it. But you have to understand that I'm going to do my job. I learned from my primary mentor in the gospel, Dr. Lester Summerall. He said, whatever you do, conduct yourself in such a way to where you can sleep at night. And that's what I do. Because if I take that word and I bend it, I take that word and I abrogate it, I take that word and I start editing it to make people happy, I would toss and turn and I'd be afraid of dying. My job 
is not to edit the Bible. I, it's not like I'm some kind of Twitter employee. My job, is not, my job is not to edit the Bible. My job is to be a herald of what God has already declared to be so. And then not only that, we know from the book of 1 Corinthians that the Old Testament was written down to, as examples. As examples. A masterful message Austin did on Samson a while back. Oh my gosh. And, and sitting there, we were in Missouri watching Austin do this message on Samson. I told Sue, I said, I, I never saw it before. I never saw it before. I've heard this story since I was a boy in Sunday school. I never saw it before. But think about what God intended. Think about what God intended. He gave this man supernatural strength. I mean, Samson could have single-handedly led Israel to finishing the job that Joshua never got done. But the purposes of God were thwarted because he lusted after foreign flesh. He had a thing for women, foreign women. And then think about how the purposes of God got thwarted in Solomon's day. It's really kind of sad when you do the annual Bible reading because over and over and over, not just in 2 Chronicles, 2 Kings, but later in Nehemiah and Ezra and different places, it talks about how that uh, Solomon married all those foreign women and they were his downfall. And yet people say, it doesn't matter what you do. It absolutely matters what you do. It absolutely matters what you do. And not just in this life, but in our life before the Lord. Now let's go down and pick up a new ground, chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. <laughs> How many of you think this would have been a good verse to go by in 2020? Amen. You just don't believe everything everybody's peddling. Amen. Amen. I mean, I, I couldn't make this stuff up. I, I, I don't have that kind of an evil imagination to make this stuff up. But, you know, just in the last 10 days, you know, the CDC director who's had five of these experimental drugs caught COVID. And then just within the last seven days, you know, the dotard in chief supposedly gets his fifth shot and says everybody needs to get their fifth shot and then one, once a year. And nobody stops to think. Well, if, if that dumb woman running the CDC's had five shots and she can still get COVID, why should I get a shot? I ain't had a shot yet and I, I ain't had COVID yet. I just missed the whole doggone thing. Amen. And guess what? I'm going to miss the recession. And guess what? I'm going to miss whatever crazy thing they got lined up next. I'm just going to miss all of it. Amen. Because Psalm 37.4, I heard a crazy preacher say, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. So whatever they got lined up, I'm just going to miss it. Amen. Amen. Because I'm walking in covenant with God most high. Amen. See, he says, and this would have been good advice in 2020, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, in the last 10 days, Fauci did an interview and said, I didn't have anything to do with lockdowns. I mean, false, 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 lies, 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 lies. It's amazing. I mean, these people have such immunity in this life. You can get caught in the middle of the night in your underwear with a BLM pro-nudist, pro-Castro man in his underwear in a hammer fight and the media will cover it up for you if you're a liberal. Yes, right. Amen. Right. Preach it. Come on. Come on. 
But if you're a conservative and you go on vacation during a pandemic, well, you just get trashed for three years. Why do you bring that up? Because these people are ridiculous. The world is ridiculous. The media is ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. And these lies they're propagating are ridiculous. But I want you to see that what's coming, the Antichrist that's coming, the one world government that's coming, the social credit system that's coming, this is all going to be based on lies. And these are, these are lies built upon lies, built upon lies, built upon a foundation of lies. And in China today, if, if you have social credit scores for doing things the government approves of, and you get social credit scores subtracted for doing things the government disapproves of, and if you don't have a certain point, you can't get on a public bus, you can't fly, you can't go on vacation, you can't, your life stops. I mean, PayPal's got a... Uh, Policy now that if, if you say something on social media they disagree with, they deduct $2,500 from your account. $2,500. Well, who decides? And you can't go by any kind of standard because you don't know what crazy thing the new thing is going to be in any given 24-hour period. Say it out loud. The Word of God is true. And everything else is a lie. Now, I'm headed somewhere in this, and this is huge. I'm going to save your sons and your daughters. If you have ears to hear, I'm going to save your sons and your daughters. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Verse 2, every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And we have dealt with this, that it, Satan is not privy to God's calendar. And so Satan has had to have an Antichrist or Antichrist lined up all through human history. So whether we're talking about Genghis Khan or Pol Pot or Chairman Mao or Adolf Hitler or whoever we're talking about, Satan has always had Antichrist and he's always had Antichrist lined up because he never knows when God is going to pull the church off planet Earth because that then will tell him where he is on the calendar. But between the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and October 30, 2022, the calendar is in a kind of parenthetical age, the age of grace, and unlike the Old Testament, because God specifically told Daniel about the weeks and so many weeks, and you can count the weeks, and it's exact and precise, uh, but since we hit this age of grace, we're in this parathetical time frame. It's called the age of grace. It's called the time of the Gentiles. And so nobody, nobody, nobody has any idea where we are on God's calendar until the removal of the church from planet Earth, and then Satan will know, well, he's got seven years. So he has to have an Antichrist ready to go all the time. So that's why he says, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. So it was in the world 2,000 years ago, and it is in the world Today, what is, what is Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God. If you read in Psalms, I don't mean to get into this, but you read in Psalms, today thou art begotten, today thou art become my son. So before he was born of the Virgin Mary, he was called the Word. In other words, 3,000 years ago, it wasn't Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It was Father, Word, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Then he became, he was planted. The Word of God was planted as a seed in the, in the womb of the virgin. And he became the Son of God. Amen. Now, do not misunderstand what I'm saying and don't misrepresent me. I'm not saying he, he became God 2,000 years ago. I'm not saying that there were two and then there became three 2,000 years ago. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there were always three the Father, 
the Word, and the Holy Spirit. But his role changed. You know, like the day August, no, March 7, 1982, the day Austin was born, I became a father. Same man, same person, same personality, but I became what I had not been. Can you understand that? So he was always there. He was always equal to God, John 1. He always was God. But there was a particular point in time where he was born of the Virgin Mary and he became the Son of God. So my point is, in saying all of that is, that the Word is God. God is the Word, just like you are no better than your Word. If you tell everybody lies 24-7, you are no better than your word. If you make your word come to pass, then you are no better than your word. Everybody here, you are your word. And God is his word. That's why it's despicable to talk about how we can't count on the Bible. Because if you go around and you have this theological construct that we cannot count on the Bible, you're telling people they cannot count on God. Because God is his word and the word of God is God. They are one. Jesus himself taught that not one dotting of the I, not one crossing of the T would ever pass away. All will be fulfilled. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a better amen? Amen. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. My point in saying all of that is to say this, the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist demeanor, worldview, we're going to get to worldview, worldview is anything that disagrees with the word of God. And that's why if you think about all these lies they're telling, all these lies they're telling are basically they have no purpose other than to chip away at the Word of God. To get us to believing something other than the Word of God. Verse 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And of course, I love the King James here. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Tell your neighbor, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Tell the neighbor on the other side, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Verse 5, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. Now that's the heart of the message today. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We had a There's a wonderful family in the church, wonderful people, beautiful people, wonderful children. It's all beautiful. But they sent at least one of their children to a camp in 2022 that I guess because of COVID in 2020, 2021, those kids did not go to that camp, but the kids had been going to that camp. You know, that was their typical summer deal. And this year, they had a, completely negative experience. And so the father met with one of the camp directors and the camp director said, look, COVID changed everything. Hardly any of these children anymore have a Christian worldview. Now, we all have our prejudices and frankly, that's fine. I mean, you might want your daughter to marry, you know, some professional. Or you might want your daughter to marry somebody maybe from a family that's not broke. Or you might want your son to marry this kind of a gal or that kind of a gal. I understand all of that. I do. I mean, you know, I tease Sue. It sure would have been great if if I had married money and I could have been a kept man all these years. I mean, (laughs) you know, but I just kept having to go to work. So, but here's what I want to say. This thing of biblical worldview, Christian worldview, this is absolutely and totally monstrous. And this is why you just can't really engage with people out here because it's almost like you're you're speaking English and they're hearing Chinese. 
And the Bible says that the man without the Spirit cannot understand the things of the Spirit. The, the, the non-born-again man cannot understand the born-again man. The non-born-again woman cannot understand the born-again woman. And it's, it's really one of the hardest parts of our job is to see a wonderful young person come up through this church and connect to somebody who is either a sinner or someone who is a pretender. And when I say pretender, a pretender doesn't have to be evil. They could just be deluded. For example, the Bible says, <coughs> but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And so people who are not doers of the word of God, for example, are deceived. They're self-deceived. See, if I go to a car dealership and somebody deceives me, well, that's one thing. But if I'm self-deceived, how do I get fixed from being self-deceived? See, and then also, if I'm self-deceived, is it, is it easier or harder for Satan to deceive me? Is it easier or harder for other people to deceive me? It seems to me that if I'm self-deceived, I'm more susceptible to deceit from wherever it comes from. And so occasionally, we have a young person and they connect to somebody and they, they could be a church member. Look, being a church member does about as much good as, you know, being a citizen. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Felons are citizens. Murderers are citizens. Kidnappers are citizens. And I realize I had pay dirt. You know Sue Lingerfeld at 67, but you, not, there's nobody here that saw Sue Lingerfeld at 20. And I've never seen anything like it since. So I, I understand. I had pay dirt. You know, the Christian worldview, brains, knows how to cook, beautiful and hot. Totally hit a gold mine. Amen. But if I had to decide what to give up in the mix, first thing might be cooking, because you know you can buy food. <laughs> but listen, what I'm saying is the looks or these other things, these other prejudices you have. They are not nearly as important as Christian worldview. Let me give you a quick example. So let's say you get married, and this other person does not have a Christian worldview. What are you going to do the first time a child is sick? Because one of you wants to lay hands on the child, believe God, pray the prayer of faith, confess the word, and the other one wants to go get a vaccine. You want to raise your child full gospel word of faith and they want to raise their child Roman Catholic or whatever. See, there'll come a point where his looks, her looks will not matter when you have the welfare of a child on the line. Whether it is healing for that child or where we're going to send that child to get educated. And then, that doesn't even count all the other bear traps. Alcohol, drugs, gambling. Sexual experience. And, you know, 
You see how quiet it gets when, it, when I get real? <laughs> now, you know, you got people and, and they lived in the world and then they connect with somebody lived in the world and they're both born again. That's actually an equal yoking. But can you see that if, if you have a, an innocent teenage boy or you have an innocent teenage girl, you don't want them connecting to somebody who's lived out here in the world and has got all this, you know, worldly experience. Well, pastor, can't we believe God that they'll live right and fly right? Absolutely. I can believe God that I could go up into the roof and walk across the parapet and balance and make it and not die. But am I going to try that this afternoon? I can believe God that I can go jogging in a lightning storm and I'll be perfectly well. But am I going to try that? See, in other words, you can believe God for any crazy thing you want to believe. But listen, part of what I'm talking about here is risk management. We have wonderful friends. I know they're not watching because they never comment on a message, so I'm safe. We have wonderful friends. And they lost their second born because of their desire to hang out with rich and fancy folk. And in hanging out with rich and fancy folk, their second born started hanging out with this son of the, these rich and fancy people and got on drugs. And the first young gal he connected to, young church gal, he got her on drugs. And that marriage ended in divorce. Then there was prison. And trouble, 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 trouble. Because these nice, wonderful Christian people wanted to hang out with rich, fancy people. I would rather go hang out with some rancher in Parker County than hang out with somebody from New York or Washington, D.C., So a lot of times, parents unwittingly, unknowingly ruin their children's chances for a normal life because they're trying to maneuver. Now, with Austin, it, it was a different situation with Austin, but with Christina, we saw very particularly, and uh, so... We literally made an effort to keep her away from sons of famous people. Because we wanted her to have a normal life. I remember one of the greatest days of my life. I mean, here I am talking about it all these years later. I used to take Christina on dates so she would understand what it's, what's supposed to happen. I'd open the car door for her, and I would pull her chair out at the restaurant, and I would tell her, if, if you come across a young man and he does not treat you as well as I do, ditch him. Amen. And so we were over at a restaurant, Italian restaurant in Highland Park one day, and I asked her, I said, so when you picture a husband, when you picture what you want, what do you picture? And she said, she said, I, I just want to marry somebody like you. I thought, all right. <laughs> and she, she married a real guy. Now he's, he's not an, an MD or a brain surgeon or whatever, but you know, he's a real guy. And I'll tell you one thing, my daughter and my granddaughters are protected. Amen. Ain't nobody messing with my daughter, my granddaughters. Amen. And he goes to church and he tithes. See, she has a real life. Amen. Nobody on drugs. He's a, the deputy chief of the police department in Ozark, Missouri. He was in a car wreck one day. There's, he's sitting on the bridge with a superior. This was a few years ago. And a guy 
They saw it. They saw it happen. They're sitting there at a red light. They saw it happen. This guy comes plowing through this intersection, hits this pregnant woman's SUV, and then slams into the police car. The woman, woman goes into labor. They got to take care of that. And then because of regulations and rules, they have to go to the hospital, get checked out. And, you know, they scanned him, x-rayed him, and, you know, he had this and that and the other, and they told him what, you know, what he could expect, and they gave him a prescription of opioids. But he's seen what that can do to people. And so on his way out of the hospital, he just threw that prescription. They gave him a starter bottle, and they gave him a prescription. He threw the starter bottle and the prescription in the trash, and he just toughed it out with Advil. See, so nobody doing drugs, nobody drinking. See, in other words, uh, my phone doesn't ring with somebody wanting me to post bail. You know, we, we got no divorces. We got, we're not spending money on divorce lawyers. We're not spending money on, on custody lawyers. See, in other words, we, we, uh, l- listen, listen. When I cross over, I'm going to enjoy standing there on the sea of glass and praising the Lord, but I live on the sea of glass right now. Amen. World view. Say it out loud five times. World view. World view. Now, as a Christian, I read these words, and you just gloss over them, but when he says, for example, verse 2, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God, but not just Jesus. What if we substitute the word word for Jesus? Every spirit that acknowledges that the word of God has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge the word of God is not from God. Now it's more clear. In other words, Bible rejectors. Bible rejectors. And I'm going to say a hard thing, so brace yourself. If you have a problem with it, it's your problem, it's not mine. But if you have friends who are Bible rejectors, then you are in jeopardy where you sit. Now, I'm not talking about people come to the house and cut the grass or do different things. I'm talking about contacts in your phone. Friends, we have to, listen, if you want to live a blessed life, if you want to have power with God, If you want to see your prayers answered, you have to be discriminating in your fellowship. God told Abraham to leave his family, leave his country, leave everything behind, go to the land I'll show you. You look it up this afternoon and you see if I'm not right. God did not speak to the man again until he got rid of Lot. Verse 5, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And that's how we minister. You have to understand this. This is, I'm not saying every genuine believer in Tarrant County is here at Faith Christian Center, but what I'm saying is that there are not that many places where a genuine believer can go and hear the word of God. And if they are word rejectors, we really can't be concerned about that. Because our job is to win them and to disciple them. But Jesus himself said, he who has eyes to see, let him see. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So if they come in and they hear the word of God and uh, they stomp out in a beef, well, that's not my problem. I just work here. I have a boss. And I answer to him. Where you work, when you get marching orders from the boss, does your boss care whether or not your subordinates are happy? No. Well, my boss doesn't either. 
They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Look, this is the plumb line. This is the benchmark. This is the beef and the issue in 2022, not just in America, but around the world. This is the problem. And let me go back to worldview and wrap it up. This is where peace is. I mean, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. We got, I don't know, 40, 50 different nations of the earth here, nine o'clock. I mean, think about all the races we got here. How come, how come there's no rioting? How come there's no looting? How come there's nobody fighting? How come nobody's doing anything to anybody? Why, 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 why? Because we have been born again because we have been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ because we have become family and we have come into agreement. But what have we come into agreement on? Think about it. What have we come into agreement on? We have come into agreement on the word of God. See, we're not Methodists because they could meet. They could meet. They could change what they believe tomorrow. We're not Assembly of God because they could meet. They could hold a meeting. They could change what they decide tomorrow. We're not this. We're not that. We have come together on the basis of the word of God. That is our commonality. That is our point of agreement. And that is why we don't have any of the fighting you have in other places. Amen. Can you see that? And can you see how when you let somebody into your circle that is not of that mindset, you are going to have nothing but trouble. You let your little sweet young daughter connect to the wrong person. She could be married four or five years and he could transition. You don't know what the hell's going on. You let your beautiful, precious, innocent son connect to the wrong gal. You could find out that she didn't want to be bothered with a child. She's been aborting your grandchildren. You don't know what the hell's going on. We stand or we fall based on our position on that Bible. Because it's not just a Bible. It's not like that Denzel Washington movie where they put the Bible on the shelf next to the other holy books. It's not like that. There's only one collection of the words of the living God. And that's the Bible. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Amen. And you reject his Bible on things like babies and family. It's not going to work for you on things like prosperity, success, and healing. It is all or none. And we... I mean, I could have somebody here upset with me right now. You have to understand, I don't care. <laughs> all my needs are met. All my bills are paid. Amen. I made it. I made it 49 years without you. I suspect I'll make it from here to the rapture without you. I'm cool. Amen. And don't be messing around with us. Because, man, we got law everywhere. Amen. Not just that. A lot of these guys are guys. So ain't tell, no telling what would happen. Somebody misbehaves. We stand with God. And let me tell you what, the beautiful thing about this is when Satan comes along with whatever sickness or disease or whatever lousy, stinking, filthy thing he comes up with, 
if you have stood the test of time and if you have stood on the word of the living God and if you have not been ashamed of the word of God, you find a holy boldness rise up on the inside of you and you can say with the apostle Paul, I know in whom I have believed, hallelujah, and you can rebuke the devil and command him to take his hands off your life or your wife or your sons or your daughters or your body and you can speak that word of God over your life and you can bring healing and deliverance and prosperity whatever you need to your life because my brothers and sisters in the Lord the power of God is in the word of God let's bow our heads you may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life Faith doesn't begin with success and prosperity. Faith doesn't begin with healing. Faith begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of our lives individually and personally. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So the work's been done. That's the point. And so it's up to us whether we accept or reject the work that Jesus did for us on Calvary's cross. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior personally and individually, but I want to do so this morning. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Anyone here this morning in this service, you want to be saved, you want to be born again, you want to be forgiven of your sins, you want to cross that bridge of faith and live for God. There may be others here this morning and you're not living for the Lord like you used to. You're not living for the Lord like you promised him you would. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I'm not talking about somebody that sinned yesterday and you feel bad about it. You, you think you need to get saved again. That's not the way it works. We need some more instruction on this. But I'm talking about somebody that's, that's been living a life like you're lost. You've been living a lifestyle like you never gave your life to God in the first place. And you're here this morning and you want to recommit your life to God and you want to live right and do right and live for him wholeheartedly from this day to your last day. Is there anyone here this morning and you'd like for us to pray with you on that basis? Pastor, I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers and it will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. For this, we give you our praise. And everyone in agreement said, amen. Amen, amen. amen.